I'm Damian Bulwa, Metro Editor at the San Francisco Chronicle. Today on Fifth and Mission, what else could we talk about but earthquakes? As Northern California was preparing for Thursday's 30th anniversary of the big Loma Prieta quake, we got a couple of pretty good jolts. My guest today is reporter Peter Fimright, the Chronicle's earthquake specialist. I'll ask him what we're learning about this week's quakes, about why we can't predict the big one, and what's the latest on the system that's supposed to give us a few seconds of advance notice before an earthquake. For all our coverage of the earthquake anniversary, go to sfchronicle.com quake. and include stories of survivors, photos, and our updated disaster guide. All right, Peter Fimright, welcome to Fifth and Mission. Glad to be here. Thanks. So, Peter, you are our earthquake specialist, and you've been writing stories about the anniversary, which is on Thursday, um, stories about science, uh, stories about the earthquake early warning system. And then today we're recording this on a Tuesday. You've been writing about the latest earthquake. What happened uh, last night? People felt the earthquake, a lot of people, and that was in Pleasant Hill, but it seemed like people were feeling it around the Bay Area. Actually, first of all, did you feel it? I did not feel it. Okay, you're in Marin. <laughs> I live in Marin County, but... Uh, yeah. I was in Sonoma County. I also did not feel it. I feel like we missed something, something special. <laughs> yeah, a li- a, it was quite a bit of a jolt, uh, I guess. Four point five in Pleasant Hill, and and then today four point seven in uh, south of Hollister. So yeah, about seven hundred thousand people felt it. I think uh, the one in the uh, in Contra Costa County. Yeah, I always feel like I'm missing something. When I don't feel a quake that everyone's talking about on Twitter and Facebook. Yeah, I know. I do too. <laughs> I, I, I think it may be because I'm, I've, I've lived here my whole life, and maybe I'm just not. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm immune to it. Sometimes I don't feel things that other people right near me have felt. So I don't. Did know. Did you feel the, the Loma Prieta earthquake? I did feel that one. I happened to be in a car at the time. And that was uh, that was. I didn't know what was happening though. I I thought something was wrong with my tire. And were you working for the Chronicle at the time? I was not at that time. I was working for another newspaper Uh-oh. on my way to the Giants uh, A's game. Oh, is that right? Yeah. All right. So Peter, um, this quake last night. There are a couple big faults out in the Pleasant Hill area, but you've been looking into this happened at an unmapped fault, correct? Right. What does that mean? Um, are unmapped faults just as dangerous as, as some of the bigger ones that we know about? Well, the thing we know about uh, faults is that there's many, there's thousands of unmapped faults. And, and small ones like the one that happened in Pleasant Hill are, are basically cracks that, that uh, snake out from, from the larger faults. That's what the scientists say, and uh, there's thousands of them, and they can happen anywhere. So is an uncharted fault just as dangerous, or are we more worried about one happening on, you know, like the Hayward Fault, for example? Well, it's the major faults that are the most dangerous, um, because those are the ones where the major slippage happens. Uh, These these smaller faults are uh, offshoots, basically. and they don't slip as uh, – like this one in Pleasant Hill, it slipped – I think it was about uh, a mile. Oh, okay. Whereas the uh, uh, San Andreas Fault in 1906 uh, slipped 300 miles. So it's a, it's, a, 
a huge difference between the major faults and these smaller faults that you know, even though they're undetected, uh, you know, can happen anywhere and they're scary. They can be scary, but they're generally not as uh, devastating as the big ones. Okay. So, Peter, you were, you've been writing this week about earthquake science in the last 30 years uh, since the Loma Prieta. How far have we come? Uh, what have we learned uh, just in terms of understanding um, what's going on beneath the ground? Well, the geologists at the USGS say we've, we've, we've come just um, a, a really long way. I mean, we've, we, there's been so many developments in uh, 3D modeling, computers, uh, uh, laser technology, GPS, even Google Earth. All these things have helped um, geologists uh, map uh, faults, find new faults, determine how much faults are moving. Uh, there's been an incredible amount of scientific developments since Loma Prieta. However, we still cannot tell when the next earthquake is going to hit. And why is that? Well, because scientists just do not have the technology that can look forward uh, to determine uh, when, when a fault is going to slip. I mean, we can, we can, they can measure how much it has slipped. They can measure uh, previous earthquakes. Uh, they can determine what's happened in the past and what's likely to happen in the future. But they ju- there's just nothing that can, can predict anything. When, when you say likely to happen in the future, it's usually sort of a broad percentage over many years. Right. Very broad. I mean, uh, you know, uh, for instance, they, th- they think the Hayward Fault is ready to go any time, but that means it could go tomorrow or it could go <laughs> in 50 years from now. So, I mean, there's a, there's a very That's broad, reassuring. Uh, broad, you know, time frame. So are we better prepared now than we were 30 years ago? Are we safer? Are buildings safer? Uh, yeah, we're, we're much safer than we used to be. Um, the building codes are much stronger. The uh, con- construction material and techniques they use are much better than they were, uh, in large part because of the things that were learned uh, during Loma Prieta. And you know, the, now now homes, new homes are retrofitted. Uh, there's been a lot of retrofitting of old buildings. Uh, the structures are stronger. Uh, they've learned in Loma Prieta that you, you, know, you need to reinforce garages uh, or, or, or um, soft story soft buildings, story they call them, building. right? With the, we see that sort of exactly. vacant first floor that doesn't have any. Exactly. And, and John King wrote today about how uh, skyscrapers are much stronger uh, than they used to be. And uh, so, yeah, we're much better than we used to be. Uh, but there's still more that needs to be done. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, I want to ask you about the Shake Alert system. That's the state system to give us a few seconds of advance warning. And uh, we'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm still here with Peter Fimright, our earthquake specialist here at The Chronicle. Peter, you have written a lot about ShakeAlert, this system that um, is supposed to give us a few seconds, perhaps even as much as 10 or 20, 
where well i'll let you explain it how well possibly how are we even able a to minute. Le- yeah. even a minute even a minute yeah that's the hope is 60 seconds first of all how is that possible uh for us to to get that advance notice what's the basic uh, uh technology underlying this well, without getting into too much detail, uh, the USGS has sensors, uh, seismic sensors, all over the Bay Area and actually in Washington and Oregon. Uh, and they they have a certain number that they're building out. Uh, I think it's uh, in the neighborhood of 1,600 sensors that will detect shaking before – well, when it happens deep in the earth – before it hits the surface. So the idea is that they would alert computers or alert uh, cell phones within a certain area where the shaking is. Uh, and, you know, within, you know, from 10 seconds to a minute. While before. the earthquake is still traveling toward you, the, the communication systems are faster than the actual ripple of the, yes, the quake. Yes, exactly. So if, we, if it was in Fresno, for example... Boy, what a what a warning to get, though, right? Yeah, well, and the problem, I guess, is that the farther away you are from the earthquake uh, epicenter, the the longer time you will have to do something about it. Uh, which for Loma Prieta would have been uh, pretty good because Loma Prieta is a long way from San Francisco. The people in the marina might have had a had a chance to get out of their homes or people might have had a chance to get off or not get on the Cypress structure. Sure. Uh, so, okay, what else, though? What what kinds of things would that trigger uh, when this system is built out? Um, you know, people obviously would, would see the takeover on their cell phone, but what other things might happen in those precious 10 seconds? What, what might happen in terms of what you should do? Well, not just us, but, you know, transportation systems and... Oh yeah, well, I mean, the I, Bart, for for instance, already has a system where if they get an alert, the, the trains will shut down and stop. Will will slow down and stop at the nearest station. Um, pipelines will be shut down. Um, gas pipelines. Oh, like valves and pipelines. Valves and pipelines. They 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 they're setting up a system where uh, the, these will automatically shut off as soon as a warning comes. Uh, to prevent, uh, prevent, uh, you know, a gas leak or an explosion, uh, which which is a problem. Uh, elevators will stop at the nearest floor. Um, you know, a lot of automatic systems are set up to ha- to occur that will refineries, perhaps refineries, exactly. Yeah. Okay. All right. You know, I wanted to ask you, Peter. Last night, you know, when the earthquake happened. Um, it just lit up social media, right? Everybody wanted to talk about whether they felt it, what was it like. You get people that have moved to California recently um, who said, that was my first one. Again, this is why I was so disappointed yesterday when I <laughs> saw it but didn't feel it. Um, you know, as an earthquake reporter, why is it that people are so um, sort of fixated and, and afraid of, of earthquakes? Well, I think... Everybody knows that this is earthquake country, but many, many people have never felt a big earthquake. And, and when you do, it's, it's terrifying. Uh, I, I think it's, you know, having a surprise shaking. I remember feeling my first earthquake 
And it was my, it felt like my bed was lifted up. This is when I was a young young boy, I believe. Uh, and it was terrifying. I was I was scared to death. And it wasn't a huge. It was a small earthquake. Uh, and and I think that's it. It's just something this this surprise that the the earth that's supposed to be solid is moving suddenly. It's it's a scary thing. It's something that gets to your core. All right, Peter. Before I let you go. Everybody wants to know when the big one is coming. It's the subject of articles, of movies. Um, you said that we can't predict them. Um, you know, what do we know about the chance of a big one uh, coming and, and sort of destroying all our lives? Well, we know from scientists that one is coming. The big one is coming, and it's, it's going to happen. I mean, today I spoke to a, a longtime geologist who said, uh, you know, these small quakes are a great warning because the big one is coming, and people need to get ready. Um, we don't know when it's going to happen. Like I said, you know, they, they believe the Hayward Fault is the closest to slipping, and it will be a big one. But it could happen, you know, tomorrow or it could happen 50 years from now. But the best thing to do is to get ready for it and be prepared in the event that it happens. All right. Well, Peter, thanks for joining us. Thank you. It was a joy. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to read all of our coverage of the Loma Prieta 30th anniversary, go to sfchronicle.com slash quake. Thanks to our guest today on Fifth Admission, Peter Fimright, to Karen Creighton and King Kaufman for producing this episode, and thank you again for joining us. Fifth Admission is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. If you like this show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've got a minute to give us a quick review, that helps us build our audience so we can keep growing. You can support Fifth and Mission and the newsroom that creates it with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.